0: You know, I found myself trying to how how would I start this as I wanna have a conversation with you? Okay, so I've said to you that I wanna speak to C O D leaders and workers. I've been speaking to your leaders saying that we will have um meetings together with the whole of C O D and their workers. Um but I felt or I felt that I should start having conversations with you through um, the means of our broadcast. Um, I found myself lately, um, to the fault of nobody else actually, um, having to give caution to speak in the word. Caution for me are things like, it's Saturday, it's 6 p.m. People surely are doing things. Um, Left to me, I would have done this from free. Um, and I'll be thinking, thinking of, again, giving caution to the word and, you know, as much as that, and you see the things that I'm saying I'm giving caution to, um, I think they are reasonable, meaning that, again, not, not, um, enough notice given and coming on randomly, um. I can't fault anybody. But you see, I realized something about what we do here as COD. As nation family, I've realized also, the, as PT will put it, the efficacy of God's word. Um, there's been a lot to learn this week, honestly so much to learn, and I hope that you tune your hearts because you will not know there's things to learn if your heart is not even in the position of a student. Um, If you are too occupied with things, you would miss. I love, and I had to thank, and I will thank again, um, the word charge from Pastor Indidi on Thursday, Um, and the reference to Haggai 1, and reference to um, Matthew chapter 6, both in the message, it's so easy for, and I want you to hear me, so I I won't rush this, um, and I'll, I'll get to why I'm saying all of these things, but I've realized that we can become so occupied with the things in front of us that we miss God's giving. That's how the message version says it. It don't actually say miss to God, even though it includes that. It actually says, and I need you to hear me, this is why I said take out your notes. I've prayed, so I hope you hear. It says that you can be so preoccupied that you miss out in God's giving meaning. You can be so preoccupied, as scripture says it, in getting, that you miss God's giving. Imagine that these two things look so alike, yet they are so different. I hope when you hear scriptures, I hope when you hear words that you don't um, get caught up in saying, I know this person or I've heard it before. I was told that um, um, Pastor Indidi would have spoken that to the helper's house. So I would hope that helper's house wouldn't say, oh, we've heard it. So we know where she's going, because then you will miss what God has to say that it is possible that we be so preoccupied in getting that we miss God's giving. So at the time that you're trying to receive something or get something, know this for sure that God is trying to also give you something at that time. And it was off those scriptures, off the thoughts and the things, like I said, that God had been teaching this week that I said, okay, I'm going to start speaking over a period of time to, and the address, it will still be the broadcast as it is now, but it's going to be an address to COD leaders and workers. And I want to make a first stop today. When I start talking to you, you see, I'm struggling now to give it a title because I know how things can get as I'm speaking, but I would say the general point I want to, or the thing I want to um preach to you or let me use the word advertised to you, are the benefits of God's calling. But I will have to take you through a couple of days of this. So um, it's, it's a problem where we are not able to identify the differences between our passionate attempt of getting or attempts of getting against God's giving But I believe that the word will begin to show us the clear differences between the two so that we do not think we're gaining grounds with God, but we're actually nobody or we're nowhere. So to start this again, you see what I've just said for the last couple of minutes, it'll sound like Pastor Obi, what the hell were you talking about? I've said these things, I told you I've prayed, I told you to also take out your notes so you can follow where I'm going, because I cannot get through everything simply today. Where do I want to start off this evening? We're gaining grounds, as it seems. Um, We have people who are growing to understand giving. We have more houses now, there's... The house of influence. And by God's grace, there's the house of exchange. There are businesses that we put money into. That seems to be bringing about a harvest as well. A harvest, sorry. Um, There are people who are growing to understand the word more and more. They know that in this verse, the scripture says this. Um, as well as that we are agent, and there's a deception that makes us think that as we age we enter more and more into God's purpose even though that that's partly true that's not the sum up of it because an old person can never can also be a person that's never entered into God's purpose so Again, when I'm talking about having to caution myself with the word, I realize that I cannot stop myself. I can't restrain myself from speaking the word. Why? Because for most people, and maybe I'll start like this. For most people, people hear the the preaching of a sermon, for example, as you guys are here with me now and those of you tuned in. Most people hear the preaching of a sermon. Some, they hear the reading of scripture. Whilst others can, let's say, witness the passionate expression of the word. But you see, very, very few, and I mean very few. I mean, I was talking to one of your brothers today and telling him, how much I have to give time to myself to self-examine, re-examine myself, only to find that very few, remember what I've just said to you, where most hear the preaching of the word, where others hear the reading of scripture and others hearing the passionate um, display or expression Of the word. There are very very few. That hear calling. Okay. So that's going to set me up for everything. I want to say today. That. To give you scriptural reference. There was a time that Paul was among others. He was amongst others. And God started to speak. How each person heard it. Was completely different. The person's life that was going to change now was going to be the person who heard not just the word, but they heard calling. You know what I want to share with you through that is that you see this word. There are some right now, as Pastor Toby is speaking or any of the leaders are speaking or I am speaking, God is enrolling certain people into his work. Some are being brought to the place of realization of what they were meant to be and what they are ought to be doing from god's perspective and how did these people come about as the word is being spoken? They have beat past the the numbers who just hear the preaching of the word they've beat past the numbers who have hear, who are hearing the 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 speaking of scriptures or their passionate expression of the word they have they have actually entered a realm where they hear calling there's a scripture I might share with you actually to start in fact I will start here today and you see the scripture this scripture for me many people have read it quoted it and things started to change now look change does not happen overnight Change um, can start overnight, but it takes a period of time for it to fully manifest, right? But there's a scripture I want to share with you, actually, and I'll use it actually as my anchor, but I won't spend time on it today. Many of us have heard this scripture, have read this scripture, have quoted even this scripture. But you see what's interesting about this scripture? It has been nothing more than a scripture to people. For me, what I'm about to quote to you is what I've realized is my calling. Is what I've realized it's COD's calling. You know, when you check scriptures, you know, when you pray. And either by you opening up the Bible or when your leader spoke a scripture, what others allowed to fly over their head, it stuck with you in a peculiar way. It's a core. You know, I said to one of your brothers today, I said, look, let it not be that people say you have because you're intelligent. You must understand it's a calling because if it's left to intelligence, it will fade away. It will go. Someone will come who is more intelligent. But if it's a calling, the Bible says that what God sets up, the gates of hell would never be able to prevail against it. You know, if I had time, I'll emphasize about the characteristics found in hell. The fact that you would know that there's um, the activity of decaying, meaning that you could have had a level of intelligence. yeah. And if that's something that is not established by God, hell can come against you and bring about the decay or the passing of that intelligence simply by raising somebody else that's more intelligent. Do you understand what I'm saying so far? So, I realize that this is a calling. I realize that this is more than a scripture. I realize that this is more than reading what um, um, what scripture says on this page. I understand that the day I finally heard this, and I am progressively hearing this scripture, I understand that it's a call. So. I've had to take, and like I've said to you, this week has been a week of so much to learn that I'm so tempted to get into everything, but I cannot. So let's start with this scripture that I believe is my calling. I believe is your calling. And for this reason, I want you to actually believe with me. You know, I was upstairs reading the scripture again, and I said to myself, it's upon this, and it's for this reason, that I believe that the speaking of God's word is God's search for me. What I'm trying to say with this is after hearing this, every time I come across a Thursday service, a Sunday service, when PT's preaching, today he can speak about David, he can go to Moses. I realize it's just God attempting to look for me. What I would encourage from you guys is that you would also take up that same belief system, that you believe that every word you are hearing, every experience you're going through is God's attempt looking for you. It's God searching, looking for you. And, you know, actually, you know, it's more than a confession, actually. Yeah, and confession is good. You know, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the high priest of our confessions, meaning that he would take note of what you are saying and do all to bring about the manifestation of what you are saying. But believing is more than confession. You know, the Bible actually went on to say at one point that anyone who believes in me, yeah, will do So what is the measurement of belief? How do we measure someone's belief system? Not totally by their confession. How do we know someone's belief system? How do we know how well a Chrissy believes something is going to be measured by what she then does following that belief? Do you understand that? Again, I'll quote that scripture again. To him who believes in me will do. It doesn't say that they will confess. Imagine that scripture or church as we have known it before has left us at, confession, at the stage of confession. But there are not many people doing. You know, When we begin to speak about nation building, we can confess the nation building. But we are not taking nations. We are not actually carrying out the activity that shows our belief. And so, if we fail to show that activity, what happens to us is that we too begin to pass away as another generation who were stuck at confession stage. Because truth told us that, that believing is actually what you do. So, going back, because I've gone all over the place, but going back, I want us to look into the scripture that I think is our calling, Habakkuk chapter 2. I want us to go to Habakkuk chapter 2, when the Bible says, for the earth will be filled. And I want to use that as a foundation to the point I want to speak to you about the benefits of our calling. Um, If you hear me carefully, I'm actually not going anywhere away from what has been taught recently. Actually, I think, like I said to you earlier, and what I believe that God is saying to me, I feel that, it's my duty this evening to advertise to you God's calling. I want you to know, you know, when scriptures later, when Paul begins to say to us, for you see your calling, brethren. That I want you to know the power of it. I also want you to realize that, you know, every single time, in fact, let me not rush this today. Every single time that you attempt, let me use a woman for an example. Remember that this is an example. If you have the heart and the mind to hear, if you have a student's mind, a student's heart, you'll know that I'm not talking on the base things that I will use as example. If I look at Anna in front of me, I can see um, hair done, lashes done. You look beautiful. Don't worry. I'm not going to cuss you. There's nothing to cuss you about. But you see, every single time, Please, uh, in fact, let me not rush this. So those of you that are tuned in, are you hearing me or are you busy? Yeah. Are you busy or you're hearing me? Because I need to get some points across to you today. Church is changing. In fact, church has changed. Yeah. So how would you know that you're not being left behind? Hear what I'm going to say to you, which you already know, but it's important that I re-emphasize today. So. Imagine that scripture or imagine that if we use Anna as an example and forgive me that you don't have visuals today, visuals would have probably helped. But when you look at a person, you know, every attempt I make to do up my life, every attempt I make to fix my own life, the truth of it, listen, the truth of it is that you're only nourishing your dissatisfaction. Let me explain what I mean by that before we get into scriptures so no one will be left behind. You see, when we think of the word satisfaction, yeah, it's, it goes hand in hand with fulfillment. For example, if you're very hungry, yeah, what will satisfy your hunger is the fact that you are filled. Yeah? Yeah? But you see, also the problem with that example also is this, that if I am hungry, the physical, um, what I need to do physically to meet that hunger is to eat, fill myself, right? But the problem is it's also possible for me to be hungry and know that to eat will satisfy that hunger but there's a problem that my mind can also lose appetite on what's available to eat. Are you sure you're listening to what I'm saying to you? It's possible for I as Pastor Obi to be hungry, to go downstairs, to see food there. But the problem is what I am seeing, I do not have the appetite to eat. Someone will say, oh, it means you're not really hungry. Okay, just hear what I'm saying first. It's possible for me to be at this point dissatisfied. I am hungry. And in order for me to be filled, I need to eat. But my mind does not agree with what I'm seeing. So let me use practical examples. A man will go and look for satisfaction in a woman. Yes, that may bring temporary satisfaction or fulfillment to his physical being. But it does not necessarily bring satisfaction to his mind. It does not necessarily bring satisfaction to his spirit. So when I say to you that the, the attempt of a man, the attempt of a woman to satisfy or to make their own life is only a nourishing of their dissatisfaction. is me saying to you. That every attempt that a Melvina makes to build in her own life, she's only deceiving herself into thinking that she's satisfying herself. She thinks that she's fulfilling herself. But you see fulfillment, you see when we talk about fulfillment, it talks. And I need you to take note of this. There's nothing I'm saying accidentally. Everything I'm saying to you so far is intentional. When we start to say satisfaction or fulfillment, I need you to tick these boxes. It must meet physical. Spiritual and mental. Physical, spiritual and mental fulfillment for it to really be fulfillment. These are just points that I'm putting through to you so that you can understand where we're going when I say the benefits of our calling as I speak to the leaders and workers of COD that everything I do Every attempt I make, the mystery of building life, and this is not what I'll speak to you about today. I'll get into this more maybe on Monday or Tuesday. But the building, the mystery of building my life as Pastor Obi is hidden in the building of God's temple. If I try to build my life, I will only be nourishing my dissatisfaction. I will only be thinking That I'm providing nourishment for a life that cannot fully satisfy or fulfill me. I can pursue a house and think that the pursuit of that will bring me some kind of satisfaction. But it cannot because satisfaction goes hand in hand with fulfillment. And you see, for you to be fully fulfilled, it must be the ticking of the box of both your physical, your mental and your spiritual being. And imagine that the only thing that ticks these boxes is not the pursuit of wealth. That's why people in the world can go looking for the business that will make them the next rich man or rich woman. But they realize that after all their years of pursuing wealth, they realize that they're still not satisfying. That all they had been doing for all their lives has been nourishing their dissatisfaction. Because the only thing that can really satisfy or fulfill me is calling The call of God over my life is the only thing that can fully fulfill me. If I had time, I would have taken you to the scripture where Christ one day said he was hungry. And he sent his disciples to the neighboring city to go and find him food. At the time when they left, he was stuck with a woman speaking to this woman. He spoke to this woman. Eventually, he won her in winning her. Because in every man that you win, you win a nation. In winning her, he won her whole city. When they came back, they were caught up in religion thinking Christ had now said he's no longer hungry. That the work of God that he does is his food. And they couldn't understand that. Because what they don't understand is that for a being to be truly satisfied, it's not meeting your immediate needs. It's meeting God's need. That's why I said that the mystery of my life, the mystery of your life is hidden in the building of what God is calling you to do. But maybe that's what I'll speak on another day. So with that, again, let's go to Habakkuk Habakkuk chapter 2. And let's note this down. And please, again, I hope and I've prayed for you, but I hope that you will not be the person that is just hearing another sermon. Or the passionate expression of someone speaking the word, but maybe, maybe you will hear a calling today. Habakkuk chapter two. Let's read. Actually, read from verse one. I'm going to fourteen, but let's read from verse one. Actually,
1: I will stand at my watch and station myself on the ramparts. Yeah, I will look to see what he will say to me, and what answer I am to give to this complaint. Then the Lord replied, Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets, so that a herald may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. But the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. Indeed, wine betrays him. He is arrogant and never at rest. Because he is as greedy as the grave and like death is never satisfied, he gathers to himself all the nations and takes captive all the peoples. Will not all of them taunt him with ridicule and scorn, saying, Woe to him who piles up stolen goods and makes himself wealthy by extortion. How long must this go on? Will not your creditors suddenly arise? Will they not wake up and make you tremble? Then you will become their prey. Because you have plundered many nations, the peoples who are left will plunder you. For you have shed human blood. You have destroyed lands and cities and everyone in them. Woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain.
0: If I were you, with what we've been hearing this week, I will underline certain things. That again, what I will do differently today is, I will give it to you for your own study, should you really want to know it. So I would suggest that you underline some key verses in this scripture, especially the one you've just read. But carry on reading because that's not where I'm going today. Go on. Woe to
1: him who builds his house by unjust gain, yeah. setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. You have plot- Wait,
0: just to help you a bit so that you have some kind of foundation. You know, the Bible says, woe to him who builds his house by unjust gain. And it explains it. It says, setting his nest on high to escape the clutches of ruin. Now, for you to understand that, ask yourself the question, are you not also living in that same way? Most people are living to have finances to escape the clutches of ruin, poverty. But the Bible says, woe to the person who builds their house based on that. Okay, so that's to help you, but go on. You have plotted the ruin
1: of many peoples, shaming your own house and forfeiting your life. The stones of the wall will cry out and the beams of the woodwork will echo it. Woe to him who builds a city with bloodshed and establishes a town by injustice. Has not the Lord Almighty determined that the people's labor is only fuel for the fire that the nations exhaust themselves for nothing.
0: Okay, main scripture, go on.
1: For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord.
0: For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, yeah?
1: As the waters cover the sea.
0: As the waters covers the sea. Why is this the scripture that I believe is our calling? Or if I can't, Group this as our calling. Why do I believe that this is the scripture that is my calling? How does this become? Because you see for us, calling is you're a pastor. Calling is you are holding the microphone and you are the one preaching. Calling as we have known it to be before is that we must know you as a prophet or a teacher. No, the Bible actually begins to program it programs people into what they are meant to be doing. So, you know, whenever I see the scripture, the Bible says, for the earth will be filled. It says, it will be filled with the knowledge of the glory. Now, this is not just an awareness of God. I think almost everywhere you go, someone would say that I have heard of Christ before. Someone would say, or someone would also confess that they are somewhat way aware of christ you know to the to in judaism for example christ is only a rabbi in the islam faith christ is just a prophet but you see the scripture says here that they will be filled for the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge you see when it uses the word knowledge it means that every single person at some point will come to know you know we can see artists for example and you can know them by name it doesn't mean you know them but the bible says that at some point the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of God's glory as the waters covers the sea. So, you see, for me, when I'm reading these scriptures, I understand why we are the way we are. Because this is where I'm taking you now. I want you to hear me. I understand why COD is the way we are. Because God spoke beforehand that the whole earth will. You see, when the scripture says will here, it eliminates questions but it gives room for questions you see the question that arose in my heart reading the scripture will no longer be if the world will come to know Christ it cannot be that anymore why because God already said for the whole earth will you know, when he says will, it means that it's established. You know, scripture actually says, or P.T. has taught us, whatever, whatever's, um, whatever witness is established, whatever has two or three witnesses, sorry, will be established. So this was not the first place. It's not the only place where you will see this reference. You will not see this reference only in Habakkuk. There were other men inspired by the Holy Spirit who also quoted this scripture. These were men that were looking at a degenerated world they were looking at a world that was in ruins and were able to say that at some point every single person will come to know the lord so what does this mean again it eradicates the question of if it will happen when you look at london city sometimes you see how bad it is sometimes you look at the rebellion and the stubbornness and the hardness of one's heart and you'll think can Christ really be known here God already answered that question that there will be a time where the whole earth will be filled with the knowledge of his glory so the question again cannot be if the question can therefore be how when and by whom so do you know why I said I love this scripture when we first read this scripture it's a good prophecy but do you know what i heard that the whole world would be filled with the knowledge of god's glory because of me i i asked that your faith will be joined with mine that there's a people you know the samaritan woman was one that received the words of christ but in christ speaking to her the whole samaria was one for him so I understand that why this will come about is because there will be people. There will be people. There will be men. You know, you know when you ask the question, have you seen the scripture when the Bible says, how can this thing be?" Do you remember the the situations or the circumstances when men asked or when women asked, how can this thing be? One of them being Mary, the mother of Christ. How can this thing be? What What was the response of the angel at that point? He says that there will be an overshadowing of the spirit. What am I saying here? So the world will be filled. I know that for sure because God has established it. But how would that come about? There will be an outpouring. How would a great giant called Goliath be brought down? There will be the pouring out of his spirit upon a man. How would there be a change? There will be the introduction of certain men. 2 Kings chapter 7, there will be the introductions of certain men. There will be men that God can use. Do you remember when Pastor Toby said to us that there's no such thing as a man saying, we are here, we have arrived, when he was talking about the man possessed with legion. I hope you listen to these words. He actually showed us how the influence of a particular kingdom can reign in an area. It has to use men. If the kingdom of darkness wants to reign in a city, he finds an available body. You see this available body. Listen to what I'm about to say because these things will help you. The available body doesn't have to understand the ins and outs of that kingdom's operations. They just need to be available. They just need to be present. They just need to be able to be filled. So there are certain factors circumstances, conditions that makes a man prepared for either the kingdom of the devil or the kingdom of God. So yes, God says that the question of if it will happen is no longer a question. You can be rest assured that the whole world, you can be rest assured that if it's the Muslim, if it's the atheist, if it's this person or person at some point they will come to the knowledge of God the question you should now be asking yourself or asking God if you feel that you are a part of his work is how when and by whom God wanted to relate a message to a people and God had to ask the question whom shall I send and the only way that that message from heaven can relate to a people was for a man to say here I am He did not yet know the message. Did you notice in that scripture? He had not yet known the message. He had just become available. So, if you're asking yourself that I must know the Bible to carry out what God is saying, you're only deceiving yourself. All God needs is an available body. Now, we have to ask ourselves what does it therefore mean to be available? And, you know, that question is key because God answers that not only with audible words, but with circumstances. He allows you, like the scripture we're about to go into, the lepers, he allows you to be shunned or rejected for moral or social reasons. He puts you in a situation where you cannot be occupied with something. You know, someone's biggest flaw was when they got married, they became occupied someone's biggest flaw is the moment when they received an entitlement when they felt that this is them they became occupied and it was at that point of being occupied that they could no longer be available for God because every time that God was trying to give to them they were preoccupied in getting are you listening to me COD They get occupied with their emotions. They're still thinking, I don't like the way people think of me. They're still um, um, wallowing in their own sorrows. And God is saying, if you can leave that, then you become available for me. So guess what happens now? God actually says to us, it's surely going to happen. Who is going to happen, how it's going to happen, when it's going to happen, and who from, there are things I need you to take note of. One, there will be an outpouring of the spirit. That's how. Second, there will be a body that will be introduced. A man, a woman, a people. So quickly, let's go into 2 Kings chapter 7. And let's look. So again, the reason why I didn't want to give a title, but I think the title will still have to be the benefits of, the, of our calling. What I want to do today is to illustrate these benefits. I'm going somewhere, but I need to take it step by step. I want to illustrate to you, I believe strongly that God laid out my heart to make known to you the benefits of the calling because the life that you're trying to build by yourself, you are only nourishing your dissatisfaction. You're only trying to put makeup on something that's decaying. And if you're going to grow in life, it's going to be simply and only by you adhering to what God is calling you to do. 2 Kings chapter 7. Go on from verse 1.
1: Elisha replied. Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. Yeah. About this time tomorrow. A seer of the finest flour. Will sell for a shekel. And two and two seers of barley. For a shekel. At the gate of Samaria. The officer on whom on whose arm the king was leaning, mm. said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of the heavens.
0: Again, because of time, we can't get into it. But notice the, the words that are constantly repeated in this chapter to help you when you have your own time of study. You will notice that the battle between the prophet and the officer on whom the king's, leaned on on whose arm the king leaned on was a conversation of how this will come about through gates this officer was saying even if god opened the floodgates, it cannot happen then eventually the prophet would say that look it will happen at this gate where this man will later die will be at a gate but that's not my point today but i need you to pay attention because when we're seeing gates it's talking about the manner of entry how from where would it come? How would it come? But pay attention to what scripture says, what prophet Elisha says. Go on.
1: You will see it with your own eyes.
0: You will see it with your own eyes, yeah.
1: Answered Elisha, but you will not eat any of it.
0: That's a problem. But go on.
1: Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance gate, at the entrance of the city gate.
0: Now there was another gate. At this gate were four men. You know this story already. But these men had a unique condition. They were lepers. They were, I remember Pastor Deanna, um, maybe because she's here, so it's reminding me, but Pastor Deanna corrected me about one time when I was preaching about the invalid. Yeah? These were men made weak by reason of their condition, their injury, their illness. The leper is the person that has been shunned and rejected because of moral or social reasons. There were conditions that they had gone through that made them disqualified among men so that they may be qualified before God. How would means because if you become an available body what happens is that you bring about transformation i'm speaking about the work we're about to do the work that we are called to do and how you would know if you're really in that walk because there is or they are benefits from it the bible actually says that these men their condition made them available again to their community They were lepers. Now look at this. Look at what they begin to say. Go on.
1: They said to each other. What
0: did they say to each other? Why stay here until we die? This is the question. You see, at the this is where calling starts for you and I. Is it possible to be in the church and not in calling? 100%. Is it possible to be serving in the house of God and not in calling? 100%. Because you see calling... It is as much God trying to identify to you what you are meant to do, but it's also the point where you realize that there's something more and divine about you. So there's no way someone that is always wallowing in their own sorrow, that's always saying, I don't think I'm this. There's no way that they've identified calling. Calling starts the day that you realize you are told that there's something divine there's something you know every hero of old had to get to a point where they realized that there was something you know there were mere men in this world they did not have the blood of gods but they were told and they believed that they were descendant of God in order to take even empires and nations. They had to understand that there was something divine, you know. When we watch um, films like The Matrix, he, the one could not be the one until he believed that he was the one. So when I started in today saying that I believe that all the speaking of the words are God's way of trying to find me, I believe that God knows that in me, in COD, there is harvest. And that's what he's looking for. Every time he speaks the word, he's looking for the harvest he can gain from you. So look at what scripture said to us. It got to a point and they said to themselves, if we stay here, please read it for me again.
1: Why stay here until we die?
0: Why stay here until we die? You have to ask yourself. There are certain conditions that made you realize that you're at the gate. You are neither in or out. You know, you cannot go back into the world because certain conditions brought you out. But you cannot even fully enter into what God is calling you into because certain conditions has also held you back from being in there. You are at the gate. COD, are you listening to me? The, when do you understand or when do you begin to walk in calling? The day that you realize that where you are, if you stay there, all that you're going to come about or all that is going to come about of you is death. You're only just going to die. A woman is only caught up in her looks. You see where you are. That's all you will be. But you see, sometimes it's... When you have the right people around you, there's a dawning. There's a day that, you know... Like scripture would say, or oh, like Peter has taught us, there's a day when it enters into your heart. You just realize, you see, you just realize that you're in Egypt. For everyone else, it looks like you're in a beautiful place. But you realize that if you just stay here, all that's going to come of you is death. It means nothing if I have children. It means nothing if I have a car. It means nothing if I have a house. Imagine for my whole life, I was kept in a simulation, let's say. I was kept in a false world, making it seem like these things were proper. But one day, word entered me and said that, why am I still here? If I stay here, all that's going to come of me is death. I would by no means have grabbed hold of eternal life. I am living like absolutely everybody else. So the Bible says that these lepers, again, was key about the, the men that had leprosy was not, just their, it was not just that they had a skin disease, it was the condition that made them disqualified amongst men. You know, there was a situation. Whether you feel that you were hard done by, or it was a it was a choice of yours to leave the gang, or live or leave your old world. Whatever it is, these were conditions that God set you up. Because the reason or how God calls a man, it must be based on the rejection of man. Because the the stone that God will use is the one that is rejected. So there are conditions. In fact, sometimes God permits you to make certain mistakes only so that you can qualify in God's means, in God's criteria, you can qualify. I remember when we started Youth Revival, they used to mock us and they used to say, oh, these guys call themselves young soldiers, but they're really young, whatever. And I I didn't understand it then, but that was them helping me to be chosen by God conditions that leave you at the gate. But this is still not where I'm going, but carry on reading. So they said to one another, why would we just stay here and die? Go on. If we say we'll go into the city. If we go back into the city, what happens?
1: The famine is there.
0: The famine is not only the famine is not outside the city. <laughs> the famine is in the city. I won't be satisfied there. I cannot be fulfilled there. But what does scripture go on to say? Go on.
1: And we will die.
0: And we will still die. Yeah.
1: And if we stay here.
0: Imagine that they were saying that in the, the famine was in the city, yet the majority stayed there. People still looked for life where famine was. Again, what brings you to the place of God's calling the day you realize That things are not as they seem to be. Go on.
1: And if we stay here, we will die. Yeah. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die.
0: Now, look at this. You know the story. So I won't stress here. What made these men, because the story as we will know it to be, is that these men went to the camp of the Arameans, realized that all... Their plunder was left there. They had animals, they had food, they had clothing, they had silver and gold. And to their shock, please take note of what I'm saying now. To their shock, when they decided to make the move, they realized that provision is here. They did not enter the city with provision. There had to be a word lingering in the atmosphere looking for available body. And if they are available, they will not even realize that they are adhering to a word. You know, Pastor Toby came to to London in 2005, right? You didn't know he was there. But what drew your steps or what made you live out your calling? The fact that God allowed certain conditions to make you available. So what makes us available? Not me raising my hand saying I'm available. They are the circumstances that God puts me through. That makes me not occupied by others. So God saw a Goldie. Goldie's situation and I won't say it because it's broadcast but Goldie left wherever he was. And certain situations that were beyond what he could change made him available for God's call. Again, it was not that he chose. He was like saying, God, I'm available because to be available, we didn't know what it meant because we had not yet been enlightened by the word. But God uses situations and circumstances to make one available. I thought how God... (laughs) Uh, should i say this i thought how god can use situations right in front of me to just get my attention for a call let me leave it as that how god can use and sometimes at this point you can't even talk to everybody because in the midst of everyone everyone's hearing word but few very few are hearing calling but anyway so god looked at These four men, again, shunned and rejected. And what happened with them? These men found themselves bringing about salvation to their city. Again, the most unlikeliest of people. Remember that I said that these men had, by reason of their illness and sickness or injury, had been made weak. God is not looking for your strength to bring about salvation. God actually allows you to be weakened so that he can show his strength. Imagine that scripture said to us that the reason why the Aramean camp was vacant was because God had made them to hear the noise of chariots. And they assumed or concluded for themselves that the king of Israel had hired the Hittites, I believe, and the Egyptians. Imagine none of those arrangements happened. But God needed Chrissy weak so that she will bring the means, she will be the means of salvation to her city. So, why am I saying all of this? Now, you would think that's my main scripture. Again, what am I trying to show you, illustrate to you today? The benefits of our calling. My main scripture, actually, and the scripture that I'll be using to speak to you over the next couple of days, is Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10, very interesting. God gathered, or Christ, gathered 70 or so, 70 something, 72 I believe or so, people and was about to send them out. I want us to look at this scripture closely. What was it that God was doing? I don't have complicated things to say to you other than for you to realize that what you will really benefit from is your adherence to God's court. Luke chapter 10, read from verse 1. After
1: this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place. After
0: what? Let's read actually. Maybe go to, because this is important. Maybe go to Luke chapter 9 from verse 57. And then you'll read through to chapter 10.
1: As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God.
0: Very interesting. I think it's a scripture that is worth contemplating, pondering over. Imagine that Christ was attempting, yeah, to win someone over. He said, follow me, but I had just said to them that I have no place to, let, to rest my head. He said, even animals are sorted, yet I'm not, but yet follow me. And he kept saying that he was going to, oh, he kept speaking to them of the kingdom of God. You know, I learned... there's a great deception in the church and let me say this to you the deception that makes you think that you need certain things to do what god is telling you to do is a deception that makes a man never able to finally do what god is calling them to do let me repeat myself you see i've been guilty of this i've been a victim of this so i'm saying this to you i hope you will hear me you know that mental or you know that idea Or those confessions you have that says things like, if I had this, I'll be able to do this for God. It's a deception to keep you occupied with wanting and miss out on what God's trying to give to you. It's a trap. The son of man did not need a place to lay his head in order to bring people into the kingdom. What he needed was something different. But anyway, carry on reading chapter 10, verse 1. After
1: this, the Lord appointed 72 others. So
0: after all of this, what did he do? He appointed men. What is God trying to do with you and I? And you see, I understand that the whole of COD, or should be, the whole of COD is on listening to me. But I said to you from the beginning that I'm speaking You see why I can't create a group before saying this is because I can possibly put someone into this group who who is not actually part of this group. So I'm doing a work that's beyond me. That's what I'm trying to say to you. I am speaking to the leaders and workers of COD. What God is doing now after all of this is that he's appointing men. Now look at what happens. Go on. He told them, the harvest
1: is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field.
0: This will be my point for a couple of days. So I'll say, underline it, but I won't go too much into it. He says that the laborers, the harvest is plentiful. It's huge. It's great. Yet the laborers are few. We'll look into that in a moment. Or in the next couple of days, the laborers are few. So what does he say that you should do as a response to that? Yes, i be...
1: Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore...
0: He says, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, for what?
1: To send out workers into his harvest field. To build. send
0: out. If this was what I was going to speak to you about building, I would have told you that when he said send out, it actually meant thrust out. It meant push out. It wasn't a thing whereby people by their own will said yes. No, you know, Pastor Toby, it's gone out of my head but there's a new saying, he started saying to combat the saying that says, that he used the saying to combat the saying that says, behind every successful man is a a successful woman. Paraphrasing, he says that behind every successful man, you guys may have to help me, is a hard situation that gave them no choice. How does God work and speak to us through circumstances and conditions? I never forget when Pastor Toby taught me and he said that, look, what made him get to where he is were certain back up against the wall kind of situations. He had no choice You see, because if God allows you to have choice, you would still, even after seeing God, you would still pluck the fruit from the the fruit of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, even if you've had contact with God. So what am I trying to say? Am I saying that God takes away free will? No. He allows us to go through certain conditions that makes us only see his way as the way. So look at this. He sent 72 out. He said when he says send out, it was talking about thrusting out. <laughs> but anyway, let me just leave that for another day. Go on.
1: Go. I am sending you out like lambs among wolves. Please
0: take No, I underlined this in my Bible. Underline where it says, "Go, I am sending you I'm sending you out as what? Lambs among wolves." Right? Is that fair? This is a question we have to ask ourselves and ask God, but go on. Do not take a purse or bag or sandals. He explains what that means. Do not take a purse, a bag or sandals. Do not look to make your situation better. Remain weak and vulnerable. You know, we don't like that vulnerable word, right? It says, uh, make yourself weak. And vulnerable. Don't go complete. Let it be because what God is trying to show me going ahead of myself, what God is trying to show the world is the power of His call. Not your intelligence, not your beauty, not what you can make happen, not if your trading worked. He just wants the world to see the power of your calling. You know, Paul said something very interesting, and because of time, and because I don't want this to be too long and i'm trying to round up i would have taken you to the scripture where paul said that i do not come with eloquence of speech even though he can speak eloquently he says but i come as and what you see is a demonstration of the spirit why because people's faith must be based not on the fact that paul is smart but on the power of his spirit So I said to, anyway, let me just leave that. Whoever I said that to, you've heard me. Go on.
1: Do not take a purse or or bag or sandals and do not greet anyone on the road. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. If not, it will return to you. Stay there, eating and drinking, whatever they give you. For the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. Mm. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you. Heal the sick who are there and tell them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. But when you enter a town and are not welcomed, go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town, we wipe from our feet as a warning to you. Yet be sure of this, The kingdom of God has come near.
0: I tell you. Stop there. We're going to read 1 to 11 again. But why did I want us to read this? You know, it's possible, especially when you're going through a routine type of church system. It's possible for you to hear scriptures that when you hear it, you don't actually hear everything else around it. For example, key example is if I ask you to, speak, um, to recite to me John 3.16, you'll probably say it with ease. If I said to recite John 3.15, you probably don't know it. Because religion has made that such a thing that you bl- you'll be blinded to everything else. And this is one of the scriptures. When you hear Christ sending out 72 workers, you're going to think of missionaries. You're going to think about people doing evangelism. You're going to be thinking of the laborers as people who have much to give. And those in quote in the receiving end as having much to receive. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? When you look at this scripture, you're going to be thinking of great evangelism campaigns. Where there's a group of enlightened people, perfect people. Put together people trying to reach out to a people who do not yet know Christ. And so it looks like you are the blessed and you are the ones blessing. Again, it looks like the laborers have much to give. And it looks like those who are on the receiving ends, those that you're evangelizing to, it looks like they are having much to receive. But when you look at the context of the scripture, you'll realize that what Christ is speaking about is much more bigger than simple you aiding somebody else. Are you following me? I want you to take note of this. One of the things, and I'll help you break, so this is not long, let me just break down certain points. One of the things I want you to take note of is that Christ was heavily on the topic of the kingdom of God. What he was showing here was that there was going to be a clash of kingdoms. How was there going to be a clash of kingdoms? By the clashing of men. I said to you that if the devil was going to reign in a certain area, he had to possess a man with legion remember what pt said to us this was not talking about numbers this was talking about organization order there had to be an order set in place through a man so when we look here christ was trying to establish a kingdom the reason for him to send out remember also in context of this scripture that these men had not yet received the holy spirit Yet they were able to do the works that he called them to do, which involved the preaching of the word, word, which involved the healing of the sick, whatever you want to define healing as. But one thing you must take note of is that all these men were sent out. They were along the core. And what was most interesting about the scripture, and I need you to hear this, was that God used this to establish through Christ and the, the the. workers let me call them the order of his kingdom let's read this once more i want you to take note of the two characteristics of this kingdom the first being peace which means what wholeness yeah Again, if your ears are not open, you'll be hearing spiritual, um, like Peter would say, jamboree. What I'm speaking to you is telling you what you're supposed to bring forth to any community you enter. If you enter the community of beauty, there's something you're meant to bring as a person possessed by God's kingdom. You're meant to bring wholeness. If you're into the trading community. You're not just meant to be someone else benefiting from their community. That's that's where we will miss it. You're meant to bring wholeness. In whatever way God is looking for now, you're meant to bring wholeness. So the first characteristic of the kingdom is peace, wholeness. The second is healing. So let's read this once more because I need you to take notes of certain things so that you will understand where I'm going with this because where I want to go is already here. I've already said it, but I need to echo it. Go on.
1: After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. He told them, The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Mm. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Go, I am sending you out like lambs among
0: wolves. God intends for you and I, first of all, to be weak. Why did I take you to the story of the lepers? There were more able men, according to men, that could have brought about the salvation of their people. God had to use people whose condition made them weak, whose condition made them isolated, shunned, and rejected. The manner of God's entry was going to be your weakness. You're busy worrying about your weakness when you should be paying attention to the core. For when Paul said to us, for you see your calling brethren. What he was saying to us is stop paying attention to you and your flaws. Pay attention to the power, the enabling power of this core. How would we take nations? It's going to be by our ability to adhere to what the calling is asking for us. You know, scripture in Isaiah 51 said, you see, I called when Abraham was only but one man, I called him. But look at the effect of my calling. He says, now he's many. I multiplied him because he took, um, he paid attention. He was daring enough to, or brave enough to enter what I've called him to enter. And it was by reason of the power of that calling that he multiplied, he increased. It wasn't, look, it wasn't because he had ability to give child that he had child. It was reason of calling. What I want to say to you is that if it had not been for calling, he still wouldn't have had a child. You don't understand. I'm not speaking about children. I'm talking about everything you are trying to add to your life that will satisfy you can only come about by reason of you adhering to his call. It doesn't matter how close you are to somebody else. It doesn't matter the caliber of people that you are connected to. It's going to be if you choose to walk in line of calling because in that line, there are benefits. He says that go as lambs amongst wolves, I'm sending you in this state. Then he explains, carry on reading, do not take a purse or bag or sandals. Don't take anything that will add strength to you. Don't add anything that will make you more comfortable. Stay in the, in the state that you are because that's the condition I set for you to make you qualified by me. Then he goes on to say what? Go on. And do not greet
1: anyone on the road. Yeah. When you enter a house, first say, peace to this house. If someone who promotes peace is- what was
0: the first characteristic peace, you see this peace like I said to you, this peace or healing, yeah healing will be told it will be said to us in a moment. These characteristics were not just physical. God does not want Diana to go to Lewisham, raising people from their wheelchairs, even though it may con- include that I don't know if it will happen, but if it will include that. What God wants is total fulfillment. That's why it's peace, it's wholeness. It's possible for someone to be healed of poverty physically, but still have poverty ravaging their mind. What does the word bring? It brings healing. You will be healed of poverty in your mind. So have you seen people who have a lot, but they are stingy? It means that they were healed in one capacity, but were still sick in another. What are the fruits of God's kingdom? It brings healing to everything about you. It will bring spiritual healing and peace, physical healing and peace, mental healing and peace. Wherever God can find a man of kingdom, these are the things that follows that kingdom. Whether someone will receive what you have to say is up to them, but these are the fruits of what you bring. A Paris as a woman of kingdom, wherever she goes, If that person receives her, if the people there receives her, what they will receive is wholeness. They will be healed in totality, not partially. So I understand why we look for this word, because this word is really trying to bring about fulfillment of you. You're hearing me now. Yeah. It's bringing out total healing, fulfillment of who you are. If it was left to you, you would recognize the poverty of your flesh and try to heal the poverty of your flesh. But even if you manage to heal the poverty of your flesh by having more in your account, you may not have healed the poverty of the mind or of your soul, your spirit. Only the kingdom can bring that forth. So carry on reading. What does it Go on to say, because I need to show you that it's much more than missionary work. Go on. If someone who promotes peace is there, your peace will rest on them. Yeah. If not. If someone who promotes, how would I, you see, so when I look at Pastor Toby, he has, do you know what I've been praying for recently to help my decision making? This is me telling you my private prayers. I've been asking God for the spirit of a sound mind. Because, you know, it's easy for you to be dressed up. In all kinds of branded clothing, but your mind has not graduated. How do I tap into the peace that comes from Pastor Toby? That's the wholeness. I promote him. Promotion is not just going out there and talking about him, promotion is we sow. We sow so that what he's saying can be um, brought to a greater ground. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? What do I get in return? Not money first. I get the benefits and the characteristics of the kingdom. Peace and healing. I get these things. Please, why I'm speaking to you like this is because we can grow. I saw a picture today. I have a picture in my room. And it's there. It's not like I have to look for it. But today I really looked at the picture and I saw that I was dressed like this over a year ago. Now I look at how I'm dressed now. And I realize someone can still get lost in that. Because just because there's been a change of clothing doesn't mean there has been a renewal of mind. Just because there has been a change, just because now you can recite more scriptures doesn't mean that there's been a healing of your spirit. The benefit of the kingdom, if you really receive that man, because it's a man that brings the kingdom of God and it's also the man that brings the kingdom of the world. If you receive the man of the kingdom by promoting him, you receive what is upon him. Yeah. So carry on reading. Go on.
1: If not, it will return to you. Stay there eating
0: and drinking whatever they give you. He says, stay there eating and drinking whatever he gives to you. Why? For the worker deserves his wages. For the worker deserves his wages. His wages. What's my point and my submission with this scripture? When we read this scripture at first, we thought it was a matter of just missionary work. It it just sounded like Pastor Obi saying, go to Birmingham and hold a program. It's more than that. You know, let me help you with this. If God called you Goldie, or you Cleon, or you Nana, or you Esther, And said, go without clothes, without sandals, without money and all of these things. And do my work because I've called you to do it, right? I've sent you to do it. And in the midst of that, you now see the work of God. Who would it benefit? You or the receiver? You know why I ask that question? Because it's a trick question. It will benefit both of you. You don't understand this. You know, let me help you with this. What God called you, what I'm trying to show you here is that when you look at scriptures, you thought that these 72 were put together men and women that were bringing about salvation to others. No. The calling of God is to bring about mutual transformation. Both you and the receiver are to be changed by reason of calling. For example... A Pastor Toby would not be blessed or he would not be given or blessed with all the cars that we see him with today. He was not blessed with all the clothing that we see him today. He was not blessed with all the people that we see with him today. Do you know what he was blessed with? The fact that he was called. The fact that he was sent. What happens as he engages in that call? what happened was that both people were transformed and him. So what God actually wants to show you is his glory, Diana. But how would you see his glory? If you do not pay attention, if you don't adhere to his calling, what will happen is that you will try to be building your life to do God's work when the building of your life is meant to happen as you're doing his work. The actual glorious blessing in all, in all of this is the fact that when God sent or when Jesus sent out the 72, he sent them as weak people. He sent them with people with, more, with less than enough resources. But by reason of their calling, they will be transformed and the people on the receiving end. You know, the Bible says that you should be diligent in these matters. Find me that scripture. It says, be diligent in these matters. I want it in the amplified. Be diligent in these matters so that all can see your progress. God does not allow you to be high and above before you start your calling. He allows you. In fact, he sends you weak. He sends you vulnerable. So that as you engage in the work, not only would you see Birmingham changed. Not only would you see Island changed. But as you are changing there, you'll be transforming as well. So we can see through pictures. We can see how PT evolved, how he kept train and um, how he kept transform- um, transforming. What God's calling does for you and I is bring about a mutual transformation. You know, as you saw it before, is that you looked like you were the one in the upper end it looked like there was nothing coming about of you no the more you get involved in this work you transform as well as the lives that you're interacting with transformation does not happen outside of this so if I look at my life and it looks like I'm still standing here like the leper said it means that I was not yet walking in the court the word is lingering still How would my life change between now and five years? It will not be because I've aged. It will be because I got more and more into calling. Today I was actually praying and it came to my heart, but I was actually praying, thinking of people like blessing. What blessing will become if she follows calling? You know, the Bible actually says to us, for what no eyes has seen, what no ears have heard what no human mind can conceive so i was praying this prayer admittedly saying i don't know what she will become it's that great if she follows the calling it says what no eyes have seen what no ears have heard what no human mind can conceive the things that god has prepared for those who love him do you understand what love of god is the bible says to peter christ said to peter if you love me tend my sheep." he was saying if you love me follow the calling enter that calling you know for for you to be able to eat, feed sheep you cannot be eating and feeding them where i want to teach you where i want to get to eventually is shepherding because you cannot be eaten while your sheep are eating you know sometimes you have to starve for them to eat and then they will grow and you eventually eat that's the proper procedure of god That's the way it works. So what is God saying to us? I was actually saying that, wow, if this girl stays in calling, and not just her, every one of us, if we stay in calling, our minds have not yet conceived what God has prepared for you. If you stay in calling, Chrissy, if your loyalty is to the work to the core what will happen is that you will evolve in a way that you could not have fathomed these men look at if you look at the end of the scripture in Luke 10 you would see that they came back with great joy the bible says they were shocked what they were able to do they were shocked what had become of them but what was what made them do what they did the calling they just believed the calling. What I'm trying to say to you is that if we believe, COD, that what God has called us to do is to to expand, extend the word of the nation family, the word of God to the nations, to Europe, to all over the United Kingdom. If we make that our agenda, what happens is that as we are doing it, we will be transforming. When would you become stagnant in your life when you're not doing the call? And what makes us not do the core? You become preoccupied with other things. You say things like, when I get this, I will be able to do this. That's what happens to a person that's stepping out of core. So what is God saying to us? I, I realized, look, you do believe that whatever resources Adam needed to carry out what God called him to do, you do believe that God created it just before him, right? Do you believe that? Do you believe that principle we find in scripture? So there's something that I'll speak into your leaders and we'll get into it over time. I know people will want to know what this is. What I'm saying to you, just pray about it and be ready to hear what your leaders have to say. But when I'm saying things like, you know, there's only so much people you can congregate in a house. We cannot therefore rely on a four-wall building. So if I say to some people, what we're trying to build now is not just a house, but an online house. What I'm actually saying to them is, look, before you were born, you see the internet, for example. If I say that COD is to create a network that makes a person that is thousands of miles away from us be in the same room as us. If we're creating a network, why am I saying that? The internet was made for us. It wasn't made for just people to go and find depression from it. You know, someone puts a picture and realize after 10 years of the picture being posted, they haven't got one like and they become depressed by it. You know, I've seen that of people. (laughs) Uh, I shouldn't. I hate when I'm serious. And then I remember one stupid joke P. Ricks would have said to me. He showed me someone. Let me just tap out for a second. Show me someone whose music video after years is still like 100 of the years I know PT says don't look at views but you see that view look at it (laughs) look at it and retire you're not called there (laughs) the network the internet was made for us it's a tool but you see its availability as a tool has become so available it's so available that we almost don't look at it as a tool really If we pay attention, it's a tool given to us to expand the territory that God has given to us. Meaning, like, I cannot get 2,000 people into this room, but I can make an online house that gets 2,000 and more in. Why was the social media world introduced in our time? People before us lived without phone and social media, but we were born into it. It's a tool given to us. But you see, like PT said, if you are not yet Adam who can name things, things will not know how it's meant to work for you. Things will be naming you instead of you naming it. So someone looks for a name. You know, I've seen people constantly trying to build a life that's to the world, attractive to the world by saying, oh, I need to post, I need to post, I need to post. Sometimes I look at the people that stress me about posting. I'm thinking, look, look, look. If I build me, People will, fo- don't worry, Breeze. don't worry, Basola. don't worry, all of you. But if I build me, people will follow you overnight. It's never been, have you seen someone, like, I, I know some businesses do that, but have you seen key figures building their page one by one, like one follower after the other? No, there's something they're building that eventually people's eyes will be turned to. And in a moment, they will join. What am I trying to say to you, C.O.D.? This calling is a wonder of God. It's a miracle almost. That is to bring about mutual transformation. Meaning that you are not being sent out, Chrissy, to go and involve yourself with the, um, um, go and learn trading in Sweden, for example, or do financial works there. You're not going there just so that you look like the savior. No, as you are walking that call, You are being transformed. The people that you're coming across are being transformed. God wants us to see the power of His calling. Do you understand these things? Let's finish off this scripture. If there's nothing else, I'll let you guys go as it's Saturday evening. Go on.
1: Stay there, eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. When you enter a town and are welcomed, eat what is offered to you heal the sick who are there and tell them the kingdom of God has come near to you but when you enter a town and are not welcomed go into its streets and say even the dust of your town we wipe from our feet as a warning to you
0: yet be sure of this
1: the kingdom of God has come near
0: the kingdom, so when we look at the nation family and we see or we hear the story of how P.T. came at two, uh, in 2005 and we see the exploits he's doing with the family, you see the type of men and women that are raised in this family, what is the message secretly behind, not secretly, what's the message really behind it? The kingdom of God is now near. The kingdom of God and the attributes of the kingdom of God, which you can see wholeness which you can see healing, all of this is here. What do we need to do, guys? Again, so I'm starting this conversations with the leaders and workers. I'm starting it with this point that you must know that that calling is more than powerful enough to transform you. But what will stop you is you being preoccupied with other things. It's you being preoccupied with getting and missing what God is trying to give you. We thought we had to put everything in order, in order to do what God needs us to do. No, I need to respond. I need to be available. I need to allow my circumstances to make me available so that I can respond to God. Are you hearing me? Did you find that scripture I was looking for? I know it's 1 Timothy. Yeah? Okay, read it in the Amplified for me.
1: Verse, chapter 4, verse 15. Go on. Practice and work hard on these things.
0: Practice and work hard on these things, yeah?
1: Be absorbed in them.
0: Be absorbed in them, yeah?
1: Completely occupied in your ministry.
0: Be completely occupied in your ministry. So what did God have to show me? Do you know what I realized this week? And I'll boast in this. I realized that God would not allow me to fail. You know, that's a bold thing to say, right? I hope you'll be able to say that about yourselves. God would not just not allow us to fail. Do you know why? The thing that you think you need most, that will be occupying you, making you unavailable to God, God would just not let you get it. He will hold it. It will come near you. He will yank it out of your hand so that you will not be lost. So that you will not be missing because every need you have, every need you have, he knows you need it. He knows the wants you need, the the wants you have, the needs you have. He knows it. And he didn't say he won't give it to you. The Bible actually says that you should not worry about all these things. Why? Because you should seek first. The issue you're facing is just what you're putting first. In other words, there's something he wants you to do first. Once you've done it, he will meet that need. So what am I saying to you guys? He says be completely occupied. You know, that's going to take you being deliberate. You know, sometimes, have you ever tried to sit down and think? You know, this week is what I've tried to do. Sit down and think and you realize it's like there's something dragging your mind to something else. No, at the time that you're trying to think, you have to bring your mind back. That's how you have to be with your life. If you're not careful, the things that are necessary will begin to take your attention. You have to draw it back. the kingdom you can only be occupied with ministry when you're occupied with ministry then you will transform so i'm looking at people that i knew in the world how did my life become the way it is is it because i'm a good boy no is it because i'm smarter than they are probably yeah but generally no do you understand it's because of one thing i just made myself available for calling Colin called me when I thought I was not even ready for it, but I said yes to that oil. You know, Chrissy, when you were ordained as a pastor, at that moment you may feel that I'm not, I don't feel like a pastor. You just said yes to it. You're paying attention to that. You're honoring that core is what's going to make you. We will look at you at 2022 and realize this girl is transformed. 2023, she has transformed again. And not only her, those around her, but that will only be not your intelligence not even how passionate you are. It's going to be if you can remain in calling. On that note, I'll stop here guys, for you to, to enjoy your evening, but I want you to understand this. As we get into these talks with leaders and workers, like I said, hopefully at the end of all of this, I'll create a group chat that this time won't crash, but we'll create a group chat that will be for leaders and workers. But I think, let the word go forth first. And let God identify to ourselves and to each and every one of us who are really the leaders and workers of this work. The benefits of our calling is that it brings about mutual transformation. Are you hearing me? I love you guys. Enjoy your evening. Bye guys.